0: I'm Barkha Hazati.
1: And this is Passport Necessary, a podcast dedicated to talking about being a TCK when we were kids and now how it affects us as we have grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we're going to get into a very fun topic that I have been excited about. And we've kind of touched upon in previous episodes. It's UK terms versus US terms. Mm-hmm. Now, being more specific, it's terms that are different between the two countries. So even though we are both uh english-speaking countries as a majority uh what are terms that we use that are different or have a different meaning in mm. both countries um uh, so marcus do you want to start off with one of your favorite terms
0: well um it probably sounds a, i'll start off with this one it probably sounds a bit rude but the thing is it actually technically isn't um there's a term in britain which is a cock up which is basically means that you've done something wrong it's gone wrong it hasn't gone the way you wanted it to do. It's a mistake. Um, And basically where the term comes from, as there's going to be a few archery terms in this, actually, I think. Um, It basically comes from the idea is on, a, on an arrow, you have the three flights on the arrow, which are the feathers that go at the end. And they're basically set so that you have three around the back of the shaft of the arrow. And normally what you would do is that the part of the shaft that passes the arrow has to have two flights that face um sort of um they basically form a third of the back of the arrow so they're set equidistant from each other so basically when you pull th- the arrow back as you're stringing the bow the flights of the arrow should basically be perfectly capable of passing the bow itself so you'd have the two parts of the flights that's a normal way you would release. If you were to turn the bow around so that there was one of the flights that basically was sitting, basically pointed directly at the bow, Mm -hmm. basically parallel to the ground, Mm -hmm. as you pull that back and release it, what would happen is is the arrow would shoot off in a direction you didn't want it to because the flights are passing the bow. Mm -hmm. And that's what a cock-up is. It's basically because the arrow shoots off in the wrong direction because the arrow has been placed on the bow in the wrong way. And that's where the term comes from.
1: Yeah, I did Um, archery briefly when I was in high school, and that was always something we were constantly repeated at. Was check your arrow. Are the two Mm -hmm. arrow like are the two feathers? Are they pointing towards your bow so that they're not going to hit it, or is the one feather pointing at your bow so it's going to hit it and you're going to miss aim? Yes, that's interesting. I didn't know that's where that came from. Yeah, that's where it comes from. Yeah, in the U.S., we would not use that. Um, <laughs> I mean, if someone did, we would be like, who are you trying to impress? Like, are you fancy? <laughs> like, no one would use that. You would say, like, I messed up or I effed up. Like, it, it wouldn't be yeah. very, like... Yeah, like, a cock-up sounds a lot more posh, kind of. Mm. At least for Americans, it would be. Um, well,
0: it's interesting that it would be considered to be that because the thing is that the bow is essentially a poor man's weapon in mm-hmm. a sense basically because the english armies in the middle ages would be using bows because what it meant is that you could basically pay people very little you wouldn't have they wouldn't have to have a huge amount of equipment that was exceedingly expensive so mm-hmm. the thing is you could get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these people on the ground and they were generally peasants
1: mm-hmm.
0: or people who came from peasant backgrounds so it's interesting that it's sort of like it becomes something that's more considered to be posh in the u.s and something that's considered essentially quite colloquial or comes from a very sort of lower class background as a term because you know obviously medieval knights probably wouldn't been using bows generally speaking unless they were going hunting
1: yeah and and i think that's why it's also not considered posh in the uk is that archery Mm. was used for hunting um which i mean it was definitely used for hunting here in the states too but we moved Mm. away from that pretty quickly whereas i think that the uk has a far longer history when it comes to archery and using it as both a weapon and also as a tool to survive
0: yeah i mean particularly as a weapon it sort of like sits in our history as a sort of um an idea of basically beating the french and the scots to be honest it is genuine genuinely the first i think the first real time that the longbow was used by an english monarch against an army he wanted to defeat was against the scots Mm. it wasn't against the french
1: hmm interesting
0: yeah yeah it's moving off topic slightly but yeah as far as I understand it that's the history Um,
1: I have one I think it's good um uh in the UK there is a term for touch wood like to touch wood wood. whereas in the US we would say to knock on wood um which both mean Um, the same thing it means like knock on wood, like, hopefully this will happen. So if you say something yeah. like, oh, I hope I get that job, knock on wood. So it's like, hopefully that will happen. And it comes from an okay. old term um, that basically used to there was a belief that there would be spirits in the wood. And so mm-hmm. when you would cut the wood down, the spirits still lived within the wood and they might be angry oh. that you cut their tree down. And so they might be vengeful spirits. So if you said important things around them, they could make it so that it wouldn't happen. But if you knocked on the wood, you would confuse them enough that they would forget the information that you just gave them. Isn't that interesting?
0: Yeah, that is interesting. See, the thing is, is in Britain, in the context, if you say touch wood, what it means is you hope the bad thing won't happen. Yeah. So you'll say, it's like, you know, it's something, it's more... You wouldn't say i hope i get the job touch wood as such i mean you might do but you probably might say you know it's like well something like
1: um i hope i don't get injured
0: yeah i, ho- yeah, I don't hope i don't get injured touch wood i hope i don't get t- covid touch wood um that sort of thing It's that's that you, you tend to be warding off something rather mm. than bringing something towards you more often that's how I hear it more often it could that could be my own personal experience of the phrase interesting it does tend to be more I often hear it more in a sense of trying to ward off something negative happening rather than hoping that something good will happen
1: I will be honest you could do both but I will be honest when I first saw that term like the English term touch wood in my mind immediately went well that sounds dirty <laughs> Cause, well cuz in the US like knock on wood is a lot more like I'm knocking on it yeah. whereas touch wood yeah. I was like ooh that's a an interesting term we would not use in the states.
0: Well, you know, I mean I'm sure I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a website about that somewhere.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Marcus. <laughs> what's the
0: term that you have that you like? Um well, it's a bit of a strange one. It's it's one that people don't seem to fully know the meaning of, and it has a bit of a dark history. Mm-hmm. But people often say something, you know, "sweet fa." Mm-hmm. People me think it means "sweet f all." That's not what it means. It comes from. I th- I cannot remember the exact century, but it either it comes from the seventeen hundreds or the eighteen hundreds. And what happened was, is that there was a, a girl who was murdered, and her name was Fanny Adams. And she was murdered by a lawyer, as far as I remember. And what he did was, he cut her body into bits, and that's how she was discovered, is basically in pieces. And the thing was, is at the same time, this is a very famous story because there's a really, really big, big crime that was committed. And at the time, sailors. In the navy, were given tins of ration meat, and the meat was said. They told people it was it was mutton. Um, but because it was so disgusting, and nobody knew exactly what it was, they suggested that it was Fanny Adams that had been cut up and put into the tin. It might as well have been her. And so oh. the phrase "sweet F.A." came to be, basically it's "sweet Fanny Adams," meaning it's worth nothing. It's you know, it's a worthless thing because it's you know, it, it, it could be anything. Uh, it's a really strange term and a lot of people think it means something else but it's it's actually actually probably more horrible <laughs> yeah
1: that's really dark i also took a yeah. chance to like look it up and it said that it happened in 1867
0: okay so later than i remember i mean i suppose that makes sense because you know if it's tinned food they they did start using tins later on yeah but, that's but, so that's where dark
1: it comes from. oh
0: yeah. my gosh it, but <laughs> it, as far as i remember it's definitely true i think it was one of loose uh, there's a, there's a uh, a historian who makes documentaries in the in, in the UK called Lucy Worsley mm-hmm. and she did one about crimes and she mentioned this specifically because it's one of these terms that comes up that is a bit strange and unusual and people do, do use it. They don't use it that often anymore but people do say sweet FA mm-hmm. uh, but it means something different to what people think it means.
1: Interesting uh, I have a different one um, mm. I found that uh entree versus an appetizer has slightly mm-hmm. different meanings in, based on the country so in the u.s the first dish that you get like if you're starting the meal we would call it an appetizer mm-hmm. and when i was looking it up online there was like a couple different places i looked up and one or two websites said that in the uk the first uh, dish that you would get at the start of a meal would be called an entree mm-hmm. um and then after that like we would call it like the main course Uh, Sorry, for us, the main course, what in the UK you would call a main course, we Mm. would call it an entree. So I thought that was interesting how, like, entree has a slightly different meaning based on the country. Do you still use entree in the UK?
0: Normally, when you would see something that would be considered to be an appetizer or something like that in a restaurant, it's generally referred to as a starter. Mm -hmm. So you would have, like, starter's main dessert. Mm -hmm. That tends to be the way it's done. Um... I haven't ever seen entree on a menu, but it might exist. Appetizer does exist on a menu now and again, mm-hmm. but it's often referred to as a starter. Interesting. Um, I'm assuming because in Britain often takes things from France because obviously it's very close, and the French are considered to be sophisticated in Britain. So, because uh, they are, um, so I th- I think a lot of it it is probable that it does exist in certain restaurants or certain places i've never personally seen it but i wouldn't Mm -hmm. be surprised if it existed
1: right in the us we would say appetizer entree dessert like that would be the order (laughs) that you would see it on menus i just thought that was really interesting because it seems to be pretty unique to the states that we call it an appetizer um Mm -hmm. it not really it doesn't really show up anywhere else um and then another term that I know we talked about before, and I thought it was really funny, because we got into a whole debate about it, was in the UK, what you call custard, we would call pudding. But in the UK, oh, yeah. calling something a pudding can kind of generally refer to dessert, but it usually yes. refers to a steamed, uh, bready mix. Yeah.
0: So I think...
1: <laughs> like, I think that's such an interesting layer of all these different things. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think this kind of almost becomes a north-south thing in England. Okay. Particularly in England. Um, in the south of England, you refer to it as a dessert. Mm-hmm. So that's your last course, which would be your sweet thing. This is particularly you're talking about in courses in a meal. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes in the north of England, they'll refer to it as pudding. They don't refer to it as dessert. They refer to it as pudding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... There is a thing of, like, you know, pudding is a kind of, generally speaking, a bready type thing. It will be steamed or something like that. It's, it's, that's, that tends to be the case. But it does also refer to, in the north of England, as a course. And the other thing that's different is that, you know, in in, in the south, you have breakfast, lunch, dinner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the north of England, it would be breakfast, dinner, tea. Mm that's how they refer to it and that's always confused me i have no idea why they do it and i don't know why the difference exists but it does exist and it's just very clear you can tell someone even if their accents are very close to each other because i mean there are people who have very sort of accents a little bit like like mine sort of like bbc type accents who will refer to course or sorry meals in the day in a particular way Mm -hmm. And they will refer to it in the South more usually as being breakfast, lunch, dinner. Mm -hmm. Whereas it will often be referred to in the North as breakfast, dinner, tea.
1: Interesting. As far
0: as I remember.
1: And then is there also supper or is that not a thing?
0: Not so many people use that word anymore. I haven't heard anybody use that for a long time.
1: Because supper comes from the French term souper, which Mm. basically came from... They kind of adopted the idea of tea um, yeah. while well, doing a tea time, but having like a mid-afternoon kind of like snacky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's far more common in the UK. So the English took that term, soupy, and they mm-hmm. turned it into supper. And so mm-hmm. the this was more for like middle, upper class. They would have breakfast. Yeah. They would have lunch. They would have tea, which would be around like 4 or 5 o'clock. And you're not really hungry around 8, yeah. 9 o'clock because you ate like four hours before. Yeah. But just so you didn't go to bed like starving hungry, you would have soupé, which would very often actually be a soup. Like you very often would have something light, oh, okay. not too heavy. So you could go to bed feeling full but not stuffed. Um, mm. So that's why that term supper became more that's used. And I don't think it's really used anymore because no one really has four courses in a day like they used to no i don't think it, it, it's it, very common
0: no i think you know if, if somebody uses the word supper you normally think it probably comes from something pre-world war Two. you would mm. assume that that's what's going on as a, it, it appears in literature a lot mm-hmm. you, you see people referring to it as a supper
1: Yep, and that's where it's from. Oh, it's it. a French yeah. term. <laughs> I remember when I read that, I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah,
0: it makes sense." I mean, Absolutely, because it, it does. Uh, English English people, I mean, do do use French terms a lot. I mean, there are even people who will because oftentimes you hear people say "restaurant," mm-hmm. pronouncing the T at the end. If you if you're posh, you go "restaurant." Yeah, you pronounce it, it more far like closer French to French. Would. Yeah, yeah.
1: I also saw that there are a lot of foods that are closely more closely referred to with the French name rather than the American mm-hmm. version of it. So like aubergine, oh, yeah. an yes. aubergine instead of what we in the States would call an eggplant. eggplant. There's also the same thing with courgettes. They're yes. called courgettes in England, but in the States we would call them zucchini. Um, yeah. So it's just the, I think that the Brits, because they were invaded by the French for so long, they just (laughs) used a lot more cooking terms that come from French style of cooking, and they kept it. Whereas in the U.S., Mm. we were like, we don't want anything to do with the U.S. or France. We're going to use our own words. And it's like, okay, whatever.
0: So they went for the Italians. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they went for the Italians. Um, I actually didn't understand why eggplants were called eggplants for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And then fairly recently, um, I saw a photo of a white eggplant, like a small white right. eggplant on the plant, and it really does look like an egg. It truly looks like an okay. egg. So I was like, "Oh, so if you had a white one, I could see why you would call it an eggplant." Yeah, but before sense. that, I was like, "Why would you? How did that term even come up?" And now I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, y- you do one. You do one.
0: um Well, the fun one that they say in Britain quite a lot is "Dodgy." If something's mm-hmm. dodgy. That was a good one. Um, you can refer to a person as being a bit dodgy, and it kind of suggests that they're probably probably vaguely criminal. That's, generally speaking, what it, what it kind of refers to. If somebody's dodgy, it means that they're untrustworthy, unreliable, possibly a little bit dangerous, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. It's, you know, it, it, it's that sort of thing. It's not a good thing. Uh, at all it's never used in a good way I mean the other thing is you can say that you know a piece of building is dodgy Mm -hmm. um dodgy workmanship or you know the situation's a bit dodgy or whatever it can it's it's used to describe a situation as being not good there's something wrong you know
1: yeah I think in the states the closest we would have for a person would be suspicious like oh that person's very Mm. suspicious but it doesn't have the connotation of danger to it um The only other terms I think of are like more within an explicative, like, oh, man, that's fucked up or like, oh, I wouldn't trust that. But it it would be more like I don't trust it or it's suspicious, Mm -hmm. but we don't really have a term that says that. And if an American were to say like, oh, that's dodgy, you would be like, "Uh, what are you trying to be English? Like (laughs) like it's (laughs) it's it's so English within an American viewpoint that I don't think Americans would commonly use that term. It just doesn't yeah. sound part of our lexicon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean there was um there was a was, well gonna, there's a folk band, when I say folk band, they, they kind of follow what, what we, in England when people use the word folk music, they tend to refer that's another one. I hadn't thought of that. In England where people use the word folk music, what they mean is traditional music, generally speaking.
1: In the US, it, if you were to say folk music, you're thinking more like heavy, like a lot of acoustic guitar, a lot of vocals, mm-hmm. um, more like
0: Bob Appal-
1: Yeah, Bob Dylan, Appalachia, yeah. like not country. It's not country, no, but it's no, no, a no. lot more like kind of folksy. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's not traditional. It, I don't think yes. it follows <laughs> traditional. It's its own kind of style of music.
0: Yeah, it was in Britain, actually, when somebody says folk band, that that refers to traditional music, generally speaking. And there are some arguments about whether one band is more folksy than another or folky than another. I mean, folk music in Britain has changed quite a lot recently. But yeah. Uh, But the thing is, is there was a a, a, a traditional band who had a tune called Dodgy Bastards.
1: That's a a great name.
0: (laughs) yeah it's, it's it's worth looking up. the band called steel ice and they've been around for years but they have, they did have a tune called dodgy bastards i love it no vocals but yeah it's, it's a good tune as well
1: <laughs> that sounds awesome oh isn't that a thing in the uk i could be wrong but was is that that a thing for a while where it was like you would say tune and that was a way of saying like oh that's a good song am i wrong yes
0: yes okay. that is true we would
1: never say that in the u.s i was never. shocked
0: i was surprised when people did that as well i was just like i'd never heard it before being outside the UK and you come back and people go, oh, tune. You're like, <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Because for us, if you say like, oh, that's a, like if you use just the word tune, that's closer to like cartoon. It's so like Looney Tunes, a cartoon, like oh, okay, yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. is tuny or it's like, it's a tune. It's a more of a way of referring to like a cartoon rather than music. Yeah. That's so yeah, interesting, yeah, yeah. right? I just thought of that because I remember watching, I think it was a, a, a no, no, big fat quiz of the year and they were talking about how people were saying like ah tune and i was like why would you say that like that sounds so weird
0: yeah yeah i haven't i haven't heard it for a while i don't think many people i don't i haven't heard it for a while but maybe maybe i'm just not mixing in circles of people that say it anymore i mean maybe maybe it's gone out of fashion yeah well Uh, also slang
1: also changes all the time that's a thing with it Okay, I have a big one. This is a big one, especially for people who are fans of baking or who are fans of Great British Bake Off, um, which is like uh, a, the best phenomenon uh, out of English <laughs> TV. I'm sorry, I will stand by that. I love Great British Bake Off. I think it's one of the best shows that has ever been created by the UK. Um is
0: Sandy Toxvig on it and Neil Fielding. They're both on it still, aren't they're
1: they? They're on it. Yeah, they they're yeah. the like hosts. Uh, for this yeah, yeah, yeah. season, and they have been so wonderful. I really like them. I'm a fan.
0: Oh, anyway, Sandy Tops figures. Oh no, Sandy. Sandy was not. T- sorry,
1: Sandy was not on this season. um oh. Due to oh. I think it was multiple reasons, but also mm. because of quarantine, and she was doing a lot of projects. She decided to step out, and instead they have someone else. Um, and my I'm blanking on his name. I'm going to look it up because it's going to drive me crazy. It's Noel Fielding and Matt Lucas. They've they've been the hosts for the this past time? season.
0: When was the last time I saw anything by Matt Lucas? I can't remember.
1: He's lovely in it. I, oh he's, no, he's yeah, really I great.
0: See, yeah, yeah, I can remember that he was in Doctor Who. as the last sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He's also been all over the place. Little Britain is famous for in England. Oh
1: okay. Or in the um, UK. So
0: with David Walliams. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> David Walliams swam the Channel.
1: Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, OK, so there are different terms that we use yeah. in the States when it comes to certain baking things. So in the UK, what you would refer to as a scone, we would call a yeah. biscuit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a fluffy inside. Um, it rises, usually has a lot of butter in it. It's a very simple yeah. Ba- yeah. bake. Um, and then what in the UK you would call a biscuit, we in the States would call a cookie. Yes. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong biscuits in the uk can those also be savory or are they only sweet like if someone offered you a biscuit oh, yeah, yeah, be savory. Yeah, yeah, they, they could think be, be savory too okay so in the states um, cookies so, like, are only have, like, sweet
0: yeah because i mean in britain you have like, you prefer to having cheese and biscuits oh it's interesting like, it's something that you call it a cracker
1: yes we would specifically yeah. we would specifically call a savory like a savory version of a cookie yeah it would be a cracker yeah, a cracker
0: um I, we refer to it as cheese and crackers or cheese and biscuits. It's either or is interchangeable. Um, what, what are they? Um, oh, there's a famous kind of biscuit and I cannot remember what it's called. It'll probably come back to me. What, in the US or in, in the UK? No, in the UK there's a particular kind of biscuit that's... Jammy uh, Dodgers? <laughs> no, not Jammy Dodgers. But there's one um, that's eaten specifically with cheese and I cannot remember its name.
1: Oh, we have so many different types. There's like Ritz, there's Triscuits... There's water mm. crackers. There's like so many different crackers yeah, you can have yeah, with yeah, yeah. cheese that are amazing. There get are some really it. good ones. Uh, but uh. cookies in the States are anything that are sweet and that mm-hmm. bake out into like more of a flatter, um, yes. they're not as doughy. They're a lot more crisp. Like cookies, when I think of a cookie, they can be softer, but they mm. usually have, at least on the bottom, more of a solid crunch bake. And mm-hmm. then maybe the mm-hmm. middle is a little gooey. Um, Yeah. But I thought that was so interesting because, you know, I looked into it a little bit more. I was curious, like, why did we stay away from the term biscuit? Why did we stay away from the term scones, things like that? Mm -hmm. And it turned out that um, when we moved, like when we came from the UK to the US, there were certain terms that we were trying to stay away from and that was used as like Anti-propaganda. And apparently biscuit was one of those terms where we were like, absolutely not. This is a UK term. We are not using it. And so we started using the term cookie, um, which kind of has a similarity to biscuit because biscuit comes from the Italian uh, double baked um, biscotti. So to double bake something, twice baked. Um, And so cookie, the idea is like it's cooked. So the same Mm -hmm. kind of idea of like the cooking process. Um, But then eventually later on, after the Revolutionary War and everything, time had passed. And I guess collectively as a nation, we were like, yeah, we can use biscuit again. But by that time, we had already used biscuit for a very specific item. And so we started changing the idea of like what the UK's people in the UK would call a scone. We started calling them biscuits. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And then like what in the UK is called a muffin. We in the States call an English muffin because a muffin in the US is very specifically those things that are baked in a muffin tin that are, they have a little Mm -hmm. bit of a divot in them. You put paper around it and then it usually creates like a a top, kind of almost like a mushroom. It looks like a fat mushroom. (laughs) Always, uh, usually sweet, although I have seen savory muffins. Um, And they're closer in texture to almost a cake not exactly they usually have a little Mm -hmm. bit more density than a cake but a muffin is a little bit closer to that whereas an English muffin what the UK call when in the UK you call a muffin is more like a flat um, very aerated on the inside baked on both sides usually on a Mm -hmm. griddle Um, but it's not a pancake (laughs) <laughs> it's very right. specifically not a pancake and then i went into another rabbit hole where i was curious because in the u.s we have a lot of terms for pancakes one of them being flapjacks mm-hmm. the uk flapjacks uh, flapjack are not is, pancakes
0: flapjack is a very specific thing it is it's basically oats so the same stuff you would make oatmeal with That's like a granola bar it isn't even that it's not it's it's not like that it's softer it's usually made making, using butter and sugar
1: Ooh. that's how it's
0: done uh, and you do bake it in an oven uh, and it's very sweet uh, and you can do things like you know you can have like a jam base and things like that it's it it tastes very much like a granola bar i would say mm. that that's true but it's softer
1: mm. that it sounds doesn't crunch so good
0: it's much easier to eat
1: i'm not gonna lie that sounds so amazing <laughs> That sounds so good to me right now. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was interesting because in the in the States, we have so many terms for pancakes. Like there's pancakes, there's hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Well, hotcakes are their own thing. Um, there's flapjacks. Um, we have a bunch of different terms for them. So I thought that was interesting that when flapjacks popped up in the UK, it was like, it, this is a whole other thing. Like it has nothing to do with oh, pancakes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a couple of like things. Another one that I found was what in the UK would be called a pastry in the U S we would Mm -hmm. call a turnover. Like we have pastries in the States, of course, Uh, but it's more of a category in the States. Mm -hmm. Pastries would be like a croissant, um, like a Danish pastry, like anything Mm -hmm. that's kind of flaky, buttery, um, and that's sweet and considered more like decadent. um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But in, this, in the UK, at least from what I was looking up, it sounded like the term pastry specifically refers to what we in the States would call a turnover, which has like fillings on the inside and then you fold this like almost like a puff pastry or a rough puff pastry around it and it has sugar on the sides. Mm, it's mm. not a specific thing. In the US, pastry is a whole category. Turnover is like a very specific item.
0: Yeah, I mean, we do f- have things like, we do refer to them as turnovers to an extent. Pastry. Pastry oh, pasty. Think...
1: Sorry, pasty. Past- oh, I'm...
0: Pasty. Ah, okay. I'm sorry. sorry.
1: I can't read no, my sorry. handwriting. No, I was like, what pasty. am I going into? No, a, no pasty yeah, a pasty in the UK is what we call in the States a turnover.
0: Okay, because like a pasty is often in Britain, when we refer to a pasty, we often refer to it's actually, uh, it'll be savory.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So, you know, you have... Um, the story goes that basically... Because particularly one of the big ideas is the Cornish pasty. And the idea is that what you would do is that it was for miners. And I'm not sure what, the, what they were mining. It probably, being from Cornwall, would mostly have been tin, probably a bit of coal. Cornwall was very... had a lot of tin. Uh, did they have, uh, tin was a big one, I think. But the story goes that basically is because you, the miners would be down there and their hands would be dirty. Mm-hmm. So what they would do is they'd give them they make the pastry, the pasty, and put everything in it, fold it up and bake it. And then what you would do is you'd have the pasty with you, you break it open and then eat what was inside the pasty and leave the pastry. So you it's wouldn't eat the pastry make... at all? Uh, that's how the story goes. Oh, interesting. It's to prevent you from getting, you know, dirt in your food. If you're a miner, it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, I would think so. That's so interesting. I didn't even... That's a new one for me. I kinda like that. Man, if I could I have no read idea if it's my true, handwriting. But that's how the story goes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's fine. Um, I do have one more like food related one, mm-hmm. which is very common, like the whole chips, fries versus crisps and chips. So like in the US, chips uh, are referred to what in the UK would be crisps. It's the very thin potato. Yeah. That is yeah. fried. Although chips have now grown as a whole category in the states, where there's like corn mm-hmm. chips, there's potato chips, there's yeah. flour chips. Like there's a whole thing. Um, whereas in the UK, a chip is more what we in the states would call a fry. So it's potatoes yes. that cuts in that are cut in wedges and then fried. Um, they're cut thicker, so it's it's a French mm-hmm. fry, like what we in the states would call a French fry. Yeah. Um, and that's why there's a the whole like. Dish that's built out of it, fish and chips, fish very and chips. famous.
0: Created by Jewish people in Victorian London.
1: Oh, from, that would totally, came from that totally Spain. makes sense. That totally makes sense.
0: That's that's who invented it, uh, oh. which is quite cool. Uh, that's that's what I've heard. I don't actually know if it's entirely true, but that's what I've heard. Um, uh, person generally is pretty reliable that I got it from. I think <laughs> he's, he's he's called Jonathan Meads, uh, but mm-hmm. this is something like ten, fifteen years ago, or probably longer ago. So it might have been. Maybe somebody else has found something else out, but yeah, it's so Jewish people leaving Spain, coming to Britain, and uh, invented fish and chips.
1: I love fish and chips. So the story goes. That's and one And apparently, my the best thing to
0: meal. do. Yeah, it's good fun. Apparently, the best thing to do to make sure you get it right is you have to fry it in uh, vegetable oil because mm-hmm. vegetable oil can reach a higher temperature than animal fat.
1: Yep, that's the and... secret and it doesn't and it doesn't impart like too much flavor with with a fish a mm. lot of the times they're fairly fragile in flavor so imparting yeah. too much animal fat might like kind of kill the fish in flavor like like no, it won't kill the texture but they're i'm not saying putting like it live no right. they're not putting it live <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and isn't it true okay i could be wrong but is it true that in the uk if you brought your own like fish they'll fry it for you
0: i've never heard of anybody doing that interesting um probably food laws prevent people from doing that now but i mean true i can give it a go <laughs>
1: <laughs> go to your local chip shop and be like i have this fish you... will you fry it for me <laughs> yeah
0: yeah ask. <laughs> can
1: you please do that and report back oh, and tell us how it goes I'll give it a
0: go i mean they do <laughs> they do have deep fried mars bars
1: oh god that's a thing that they, they do here in the states it's it, so it exists yeah there's like at the There's like the state fair, I can't remember which state, but they had for a while they were doing like fried butter, fried ice cream, fried Snickers bars, fried Oreos, like everything fried. I have had fried Oreos and those are good, I will say.
0: Isn't there a Japanese thing where they kind of do a fried ice cream?
1: Yes, it's really good. Yes, it exists. Yeah,
0: it's not actually such a bad idea.
1: It is a good idea. You just have to get that ice cream like real cold like really cold to make it work because otherwise you're just going to (laughs) get melted (laughs) ice cream in your oil, which sounds gross. Ew.
0: (laughs) How did you get it out?
1: Oh God, I don't even want to think about that. It
0: would burn before you could do anything about it, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, basically. Uh, Um, Oh my gosh, we're already out of time. This is so much fun. Uh, I love this. This is like one of my favorite things to get into because, you know, even though we both speak english the language we do use a lot of terms that are very different oh, yeah. from like historical perspectives we also use terms that have changed over time that have changed mm. meaning over time so this is definitely not the last episode that we're going to do on this because oh, no. it's so much fun there's so many interesting terms that we can get into um you could even I, do
0: it region by region within the countries that we're in Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: I mean, in the South, there are terms that you would never use in the North. You would never use on the West Coast. Like, Like oh, yeah. Like I use y'all all the time and living in the North. I live in Buffalo now. I originally came from Louisiana and Mm. I would have people who constantly I would use y'all when I was working in the service industry. And be like, where are you from? Why are you using y'all? I'm like, I'm originally from Louisiana. And then they're like, well, you have no accent. I'm like, well, I left. So what do you want? Like, (laughs) stop arguing with me. I'm trying to give you food.
0: Do do, do you want the fish and chips or not?
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, exactly. We are definitely going to get into more topics as we go along. This is a really fun one. Um, yes, but until fun. then, I think that's kind of it for today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have a Twitter. Please, please, please check out our Twitter. It's at PassportNess1. So it's P-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-N-E-C-E-S-S-1. Um, it's also in our description. I made sure to add yes. it. Um, If you have been enjoying our podcast, please leave a review or a comment. We absolutely love it. We will read every single one. If you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter so that we could potentially use it in one of our future episodes. And we do have some interviews coming up in the near future, so definitely check out that. Um, Yes. And that's kind of it. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Bye, Marcus.
0: Bye. Bye.